Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Off-Speed Podcast, the podcast where we slow down and take a look at different sports from around the world and different sports stories. My name is Grace, and I am excited to be with you today. We have an exciting episode today, folks. Uh, we will be joined by Peter Gus, who is a avid fan of Australian rules football uh, and uh, yeah, podcaster, lifelong fan. I'm excited to dive into the world of Australian rules football or footy, I think as they call it. Um, I have some experience playing Australian rules football, which we'll get into in the podcast, uh, but we'll save that for later. But uh, yeah, for, for those who are like kind of aware of the sport or uh, have never heard of this sport today should be a fun deep dive into australian rules football there are lots of really great youtube videos you could check out to sort of explain the rules um the basics we go into it a little bit but um you know we we, we dive a little bit deeper um than the basic uh, rules of, of the sport with, with peter um yeah and i thought it was really a, a great insight into the sport why it's popular in Australia, um, you know, obviously it has Australia in the name of, of the sport, but um, why that particular sport has taken off uh, down under, as they say. Uh, and in the uh, back half of the show, our, our new segment, Game On, Lavina Patel will be back uh, rejoining the podcast to chat all things NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Lavina has prepared a list of five uh, storylines heading into the playoffs. I believe we'll have a bonus story Uh as well. And I'm going to do my best to try and guess what these stories are um, as, as we uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, are underway as we recorded uh, the first two games of the playoffs were were mid game. Um, and yeah, so a good time to start chatting about the playoffs so that we'll be slightly out of date by the time this podcast is in your ears. Um, very excited. I believe we'll have our own podcast feed. Uh, fairly soon in which uh, if you subscribe to that uh, podcast feed, you will get the episode a day earlier um, than everybody else when it drops in the main feed. So uh, you get that exclusive access to the Offspeed podcast. 
We'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, another another episode. I'm very excited about. But please, if you have suggestions for sports that you would like to be covered on this podcast, specifically ones that are sort of out of the mainstream of uh, sort of the major North American sports, that we will talk about those at times. Um, but I'm really excited to chat about different sports uh, around the world uh, and even some in North America that maybe don't get as much attention um, as your basketball, your baseball, hockey, football. Um, let me know. Uh, you could uh let me know, you know, message me on Twitter. My DMs, I believe, are open. You can send me a direct message. Um, yeah, so so let me know what you want to hear from, uh, what you want to hear about, who you want to hear from, all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, uh, we're going to get into the interview um, with Peter. And then in the back half of the show, we'll hear from Lavina. And I'll see you at the end of the show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. I am joined by my guest at this time, our Australian rules football's expert, Peter. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Very excited to be here with you today. Um, hopefully this goes better than my last podcast on RHAP where I was uh, eliminated halfway through. So, uh, Is this a episode? This episode. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and uh, I haven't forgotten that I was incorrectly eliminated from their game show. So yeah, oh, we, I'll, I'll we, hold a, we hold a grudge. I see. That's good. I, I like it. Competitive. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. If you're a sports fan, competitive. It was uh, a devastating loss. I'm hoping to, to come back and have retribution one day. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe you folks played pointless if I'm not. That is, is, right. is that right? Yeah. yeah, I love the show Pointless. Uh, well, British British show. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I'm still still salty about being eliminated <laughs> with a with a correct Pointless answer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you're here to talk about Australian rules football um, and Pointless and Pointless. <laughs> uh, typically, something I like to do when I have a new guest, and I do, I'll give a big apologies to Sarah and Mari who were on uh, the show a few weeks ago, and right after we ended, they said, you didn't ask the thing you normally ask, which is, I want your sports history. Uh, uh, I want like, uh, how do you know, when did you get into sports? And I think this will transition nicely into what you're here to talk about uh, today. Peter. But, but give me your sports background. Uh, what did you watch as a kid? Who are your teams? Who are your players? Most
most of which probably our audience won't know, but they'll, by the end of the podcast, <laughs> then, then when they re-listen for the second time, they'll be like, oh, now I get all the references. Ah, oh, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, I have been following the, um, you know, Australian Football League AFL for mm-hmm. my entire life. There's photos of me as like a three, four year old, just like fully decked out in team colors. Um, my entire family is, you know, large supporters, extended family, basically the way it works here. <laughs> pretty much everyone, you know, follows it from a, from a very young age. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge Collingwood supporter and have been my, whole life so basically um my history with with football has been just you know from from the beginning until now and that's kind of you know grown my passion's grown throughout the last couple of years i started my own um podcast a fantasy football podcast um which in for afl um it's called super coach which is like the fantasy football of the game and uh yeah started that with some mates and we've had you know a podcast five six years um dr super coach and basically from there the opportunities have come up where i've been writing about you know super coach in the local well not local the national i guess and and uh state newspapers um presented on fox sport news for uh, two minutes live every week about, you know, the best buys and sells of the week. Uh, so yeah, basically just been building on this audience and, um, growing and enjoying my football. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I, I can't believe that like I was looking for somebody to do Australian rules football. So I messaged Shannon it's like, well, I think I do know somebody who can talk about it. <laughs> and I, I feel like it shouldn't surprise me that like Shannon, it might be like the biggest survivor fan. I know it feels like if you have a hobby, uh, super into it, it would make sense that you, your hobby, you'd be like, yeah, I podcast about it. <laughs> we're all or nothing in this family yeah right? that Literally. makes total that makes total <laughs> sense i think that's uh that's fantastic so yeah i'm excited i i have not told this story i told you uh you know, you, you have any experience with Australian rules football and very randomly uh, when I worked at summer camp, this is probably nearly 10 years ago. Now Canadian summer camp, there was this uh, group of people. Uh, I, I think they were called Aussie X. I, I believe that was the name of the company and they would go around to schools and summer camps in the summer and other you know youth groups and teach people how to play Australian rules football. So like just randomly I've learned how to play. I've played a very like, you know, you'd probably be embarrassed by what the game looked like. Uh, <laughs> If, if it was like ever tape, please. I don't think we need to release the tape. If it was ever recorded, uh, some shoddy game on like a crummy field, uh, the summer camp field, but I did learn the rules and play. I re, uh, tried to, to watch some YouTube videos, uh, to, to get a, a handle on it again, but, uh, you, you're really going to be our expert. I feel like, you know, uh, we don't have to go too deep, but can you just like very, just explain Australian rules football for our, for our listening audience? Yeah, for sure. But firstly, uh, it's incredible that you <laughs> learned how uh-huh. to play the game. That, that blew my mind when you told me that. I didn't yeah. think that that was being taught, you know, anywhere really around the world. So Northern yeah, Ontario um, summer camps, apparently all these children are like have been, uh, have learned how to play Australian rules football. But like why? It makes, I, it makes no sense. Well, I think because <laughs> the game is unique and it's a very, I think the marketing brand of having like all these Australian, there's like these big Australian guys would come to your camp and like teach you how to play, right? It was like kind of this like cool thing. So, uh, uh, they they were onto something, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so the gist of the game is that it's played on a large oval. Um, I think so. It's approximately for the American audience. I did try and use a conversion table before the podcast, but I think it's two hundred yards by nearly one hundred and fifty yards. This is a very. So, I, you yeah. said you learned it before the pod. I'm so sorry for calling you American. I'm Canadian, so if we want to use, you know, we can use meters. meters. Right. It's like yeah. one hundred and seventy yeah. meters by. Uh, 130 meters as well. Yeah. So um, basically, 
it's on a really large oval. Um, there's 22 players aside. Uh, there's 18 on the field at one time where for each team. So there's a lot of players on the field and you don't have like, you're not, it's not like all running in the same position. You, you are spread out on the field. So the game plays where it starts in the middle. The aim is to kick the ball through the big sticks, the sticks at either ends. There's like a goal um, and a behind. Um, goals are worth six points and behinds worth one points. And uh, I think the unique part of the game is that it's a 360 degree game. So you have, when you've got the ball, kind of like soccer, you can pass it backwards, sideways, um, and there's no there's no, I guess, restrictions on things um, that you can do outside of a couple of dangerous things like hitting somebody in the head or um, right. below the knees is a, is a new rule that's come in the last couple of years just because of the number of knee injuries. But, um, yeah, essentially you, you tackle and, and uh, bump and knock over players from behind, from forwards, from any direction, um, which is, uh, I think, pretty unique. <laughs> Very unique. Yeah. And I, I, one of my, the, I, so they did teeth. They were like very much, I think they pretty much showed a video that was like, we're going to show you like a, a spectacular marking or a mark. Yeah, uh, like catching the ball. Yeah. Uh, but that you can just like use, you can just like jump off of your opponent basically. Uh, yeah. seemed to be the thing that there was like their big selling point for like, you're going to love this game and we're going to teach you how to do this. They like had like pads and people like tried to like push off of it. I very clearly remember that. <laughs> but it feels like you one can, of the more unique things about you can jump people. off people's shoulders as in like run, run up and put, you know, the knees, your knees go on their shoulders and you get kind of like a boost because they're jumping anyway to try and, and catch the ball. So you get like a double boost and you, jump up and take the ball um basically so there's a lot of you know big marks as we call it big catches um it as looks well as, really yeah. cool yeah it's it's a pretty brutal sport i'm not gonna, yeah. not yeah. gonna lie to the, the audience here it's uh there's there's many injuries i think most of us grow up playing it and our mothers are really worried um you know about getting injured so it's just people drop off playing as they get older and older because it gets more and more physical. And, um, yeah, it's obviously super popular. I, I played it till I was 14 and, uh, broke my wrist pretty badly. And my mom was like, no, nah, you're not playing ever again. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That's basically how it went. Yeah. Uh, is it, a, I mean, uh, a lot of these, um, you know, the audience and myself be most familiar with sort of like these American sports where I'm thinking like, I make this joke a lot. That's like, it's so sad. And they're like, yep, he's 36 and he's an old grizzled veteran. You know, but like, uh, is there a typical like age range, uh, in Australian rules football? You talk about like the, the wear and tear it can have on your body. Uh, mm. what's like a typical person retire? perhaps retiring at? So it depends on what position they play. Um, mm -hmm. I think most of the players are drafted at 18 years old because that's mm -hmm. when the draft is, when they finish school basically. And then they will play until their early 30s. I think like 30, 31, 32 is typically the retirement age. But um, a lot of people's bodies really slow down in their late 20s. And a lot of the time, unless you're very good, uh, you'll be delisted and cut from you know, cut from your team in the late twenties anyway. So there's some positions that you can play to like 34, 35. Um, some of the less, I guess, the ones where you run a lot less, I should mm -hmm. say in a game, uh, the midfielders, which are the largest portion of the team will run um, about 15 kilometers or just over yeah, around 10 miles a game. So it's wow. in context yeah. of running, there's, there's four 30 minute quarters. So it's a lot of running. It's a lot <laughs> um, of running. Yeah. It's a wear and tear on your body when you're playing once a week and you, you're getting hit in every direction and you're doing all these running as well. Um, yeah, it can, it can be bad on the body. 
Um, yeah. Uh, what um, I the thing that yeah surprised me as well, and I, I don't remember this from when I was because they just let however many campers we had play. Uh, Eighteen people on the for one team at a time. Is that right? Is that my, yeah, my that's right. That is so many people. I feel like that is probably it has to be larger than any American sport. It has to be the most people on a on a field at a time. I mean, well, thirty six yeah in total is yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it opens up different plays as well because then there's a lot more tactics. Um, right. You know, whether you there's there's different tactics throughout the years have been things like flooding the back line where, you know, you want to play really defensive. So you put, you know, almost half your team down into your back line so that the other team can't score to other things called like the, the Pagan's Paddock, which has been you only having basically one forward and, and hoping to get like a one V one forward matchup. Um, right. if, you, if you trust your forward. So yeah, you can, you can go wide, you can go down the middle. There's, yeah, it opens up a full range of strategy with that many people. It's so many people. I guess the the field is is huge, as you mentioned before. Um, I guess one less like sort of rulesy question. I don't know if rulesy question, but like, what's the typical scoreline of an Australian rules football game? Like, I, I you know I'm familiar with you know a baseball. I might see like you know seven to four, or like you know football. We're looking like twenty fo- American football. You know, twenty four to twenty one. What what is a what would the line? What would the line score of like a? It's not typically you know yeah typical game. Yeah, typical game. No, it's usually. In uh, around the 80s each, so you, you teams will kick like 12 goals and you know 12 behinds, roughly something like that. Um, so you get scores in the 80s. I mean, last night there was a game on that was 165 to 56, so that okay. was complete well, smashing and very high <laughs> yeah. scoring. And yes, um, you it's it varies because the games are played all around Australia as well. There's uh, you know, Australia is quite large and there's different climates, I guess, throughout Australia. So sometimes when you're playing in a colder climate, it's more prone to rain, it will be lower scoring because of the rain, and others where it's just beautiful weather all the time. It's typically high scoring, so yeah, it can it can vary a lot. Interesting. Um, so yeah, we've talked about like the rules of the you know the, you're basically you're trying to get the ball up and trying to to kick it through uh, the, these posts. Ideally, scoring six points so that you can score one point. But like you know, we talked about marking a bit. But like, what is it about this sport that like particularly like you are drawn to that you you know uh, you know that you're you're you played for a long time and I keep watching it. Like, what is it about the game that is so uh, exciting? And maybe in particular, like, you know, it is called Australian rules football. So I think there's one obvious reason why is it popular <laughs> in Australia, but like, why is it, why is it Australia? Why, why did it, why is it so uh, big compared to like other sports that could have, you know, uh, yeah. risen up? Yeah. I think there's, there's a few reasons for that. Um, in terms of the actual gameplay, I think it's very fast paced and there's not, Really, I mean, the game does stop when there's basically, um, you know, someone's holding the ball and they get tackled and they can't remove the ball. So then the ball gets thrown up in the air and the two ruckmen, which are the tallest people on the team, kind of try and, you know, hit it out kind of like a tip off in, in the NBA. So there are some stoppages, but it doesn't really like the game is very fast paced. It's just constantly running the balls, um, pinging around back, back and forth. And then you get rewarded by you know, high scoring, I guess, when you kick goals. It's not like soccer where typically you get two or three goals a game. I guess, obviously, then it's more valuable. But because there's something happening all the time, but it's not like the NBA where, you know, the scores can be in the hundreds um, where there's just like basket after basket. So I think it's a good balance between how fast the gameplay is and 
scoring opportunities and this and the scores that do happen which makes it very appealing as well as the you know just the brutality and physicality of the sport is very appealing to watch on the eye um that that's a big one but in terms of um where i live in well now i live in sydney but where i grew up in melbourne um there's you know that's in victoria which is the bottom right of australia there's a massive um football culture there so that's in the context of the game, there's 18 teams and 10 of them are in Victoria and the rest of the eight are spread around Australia. So um, it originated as, you know, um, via the Victorian Football League, I guess, and that was just condensed purely to Victoria. And because of that and the 10 teams there, it's it's a culture. It's not just it's not just a sport. So you'll be walking down the street and it's not uncommon. You know, people are wearing their team jerseys. Um, It's something that you use as a bonding mechanism when you go to school. It's, you know, I've I've made friends, you know, with the the Collingwood supporters. My first was in, you know, my my grade zero. So you kind of grow up, you choose your team, those team, you know, you find those bonding and those common commonalities with your workplace. I mean, I got, I got hired in my first job just because I went for Collingwood and the people (laughs) recruiting me with, Collingwood supporters so amazing yeah it's it's yeah it's more than just the sport it's it's really uh engulfs you know we, we have public holidays based on the grand final um, really of the game so we get wow. the day off before the grand final gets played just to celebrate the grand final a whole, whole even if your team day. isn't even in it even if your team's not in it just wow. another so it's it really you know um covers the whole whole range of you know good sport the cultures there Mm -hmm. i mean not just like everyone else is doing it; it's genuinely fun but most of the time everyone else is also into it it's just enormous in our state i I haven't really seen anything else like that i guess maybe if you're really passionate about you know college football or basketball teams there might be some sort of similarity but it feels like it's kind of larger scale than that yeah, I think I, I don't know if this is out of date, but I believe it's the fourth most popular like domestic sport, for, like national domestic sport. So in terms of any nation having like, you know, attendance numbers for a sport, uh, Australian football is the fourth in in the world. I imagine there's a bunch of like soccer uh, and stuff like that that probably is like uh, topping the charts. I didn't see what else was up there, but yeah, it's extremely popular. many people in Australia. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for that to happen is insane. We've got a stadium here, um, the MCG, Melbourne Cricket Ground, that holds just over 100,000 people um, that sells out for every grand final. Um, there's many matches that are held there. It's Collingwood's home ground, for example, that regularly get between sixty and 80,000. Last week, there was a game with 84,000 people watching. Oh. So it's big supporters, you know, big, big big grounds a lot of people come and watch every week it's it's quite amazing yeah uh yeah so like 26 ish million people canada yeah. 38 you know um i i think like you know i'm sitting like being like what is it about australian rules football you know it, may, it makes sense i think sports can be so ingrained into our 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 culture um you know and that's like historically so too you know like sport is a thing that like people can watch and 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 be entertained by it. It's, it becomes ingrained in our culture. Makes sense that, you know, a sport that would be popular, you know, in the same way that I feel like in Canada, like, you know, hockey is so, uh, there's so much national pride, uh, associated with, uh, yeah. hockey. It doesn't sound like there's maybe the exact same culture in terms of like Australian rules football as there is in Canada, but it, it, you know, it does feel like, you know, uh, I was talking two weeks ago that like the 2002 Olympics, um, the big moment for that was like Canada won both the hockey gold medals. Like it's, it is definitely is a thing that like invokes national 
pride. And um, so, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, they're Australian would have their own sport uh, kids sort of like center around that. And it, for it to be so ingrained in the culture, I think makes a ton of, a ton of sense. I think it actually, it draws away from other sports as well. There's a lot of really good, talented, you know, 16 to 18 year olds that have to pick between basketball as well right. as um, cricket. There's many, many cricketers that swap um, to AFL. I think the biggest well-known case for AFL um, is the Collingwood, the Collingwood captain at the moment and my favorite player and has been for the last you know, 15 or so years, Scott Pendlebury. He actually um, won the scholarship into the basically we'll call it uh, the basketball academy in Australia where they only pick like a handful of people. He got the spot above Paddy Mills, who is, you know, NBA player Paddy Mills. Um, and he turned it down so that he could play AFL instead of basketball. So right. you know, Paddy, Paddy Mills has had a great career in the NBA and you yeah. know, Scott Pendlebury has had an exceptional, one of the best careers in the AFL. So he could have been, you know, a, a world champion um, basketball player, which, you know, could lead to Australia being better at basketball. And instead we've got a bunch of these, you know, very, very talented guys that play AFL instead of, you know, branching out to soccer and um, I guess sports that are more highlighted on the world stage. Right. Yeah. I think this, there's a similar thing happen, uh, happening in Canada, the moment where like Canada has a very uh, good young basketball team, not like world elite, but, but better than it used to be. And that's just because, uh, uh, Vince Carter, basically, like the Toronto Raptors was, was very good uh, around the time that like kids who were watching him as a kid, they had this decision point of like, okay, if I'm, a, if I'm going to be an athlete, what am I going to play? And because yeah. of the success of this, like, can you know, a guy on a Canadian team, they chose to do basketball. And I think we'll see the same thing. They want the Raptors just won a championship a few years. I think it will be an inflection point where a lot of young kids, uh, right now will think about like, yeah, okay, if I'm going to be an athlete, what am I going to play? Um, and it would make sense. So yeah, there's this like huge, uh, sport, uh, Australian rules football that, uh, you, you, the athletes are going to gravitate to uh, and, and have a career. Do, do, um, do the, the athletes in the Australian world, do they have like a, a career? Like I, I, this is a very minor example, like the Canadian football league, typically any, any league that's like Canadian only. And we are, we do have a very similar uh, population, Canada just being a bit larger than Australia. Um, most of our athletes, if they're going to, you know, do something like uh, play in a Canadian league, typically it's not their only job. Um, but uh, is Australian football big enough that these guys, this is just what they do. They play, they play Australian yeah, football. It's a, yeah. it's a professional sport. So yeah. the top tier, the, I think the average player earns, uh, I think it's meant to be 215 or 250. I can't remember a thousand dollars, which is, you yeah. know, let's say 170, 80 K us dollars. Um, yep. So it's definitely a well paying sport and some of the, the top tier players earn over a million dollars. So it's very competitive <laughs> salary wise. Right. right. Uh, I mean, now I want to go down this whole line, but uh, we'll get there. Maybe I've been like now mentioned like free agency, how much people are switching. Teams. We can do it. Well, let's do it. Explain let's, it if you want. Let's do to. it. Uh, <laughs> is there big like free agency? Like, is there like, you know, and and because there's, I imagine like there's, it feels, um, you know, like people have passion for their team. Is, is there been like big moment where people are like switch to a rival team? Uh feels like it'd yeah. be more contentious in Australia, maybe, but. Yeah, there's been, so we should say first, there's a salary cap. Okay. So it's not unlimited spending. Um, yes. That will change, you know, based on inflation every year. I think at the moment it's about 13 million Australian dollars. Uh, every team has to have, I think it's a minimum of 40 players on your primary list. And then you have a secondary list, which can have, I think, between four and six. And typically they're, 
it's called a rookie list. They, it's a base rate pay, and they're not the players that you think they're going to be. They're not the just drafted players. They're typically um, alternative pathways into the AFL. So there's some special rules that you can get in from state level leagues, as well as if one of your parents is not from Australia as well. Um, you okay. can get a, a special pathway into the AFL. So, yeah, there's a rule that got introduced. It must have been about eight or so years now where there was free agencies. There weren't free agencies before. You had to be actively Ooh. traded at the end of every year. Okay. Um, now we have free agents and restricted free agents. Um, restricted free agents mean that you've been at the club um, past a certain period of time. I think it's like five or six years now. And the club another club can make you an offer, but your club is able to match the offer and force you to stay with them. Um, yeah, which is a similar thing. I, I believe um, both basketball and hockey have that in, uh, in North America. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So, and then there's just total free agency where, you know, if you want to go, you can just go um, and to, you know, the highest bidder, which has definitely happens quite a lot in the last couple of years. Um, some it's, it's, there's still, I think it's new enough that the teams are playing fairly nice with each other. There have been some, I guess, medium, somewhat big size free agents, but not like massive free agents that have just walked. Typically when a player that is an enormous, you know, AFL player gets traded to another club, um, sorry, has the capabilities of just walking there as a free agent, they'll actually mm-hmm. work out a trade so that um, one of the clubs gets compensated for the player leaving just because it was... Um, yeah, as I said before, they're playing nice with each other so that uh-huh. in future trades they don't, you know, screw each other around a little bit. Um, so nice. Yeah. It, it, they had to bring in um, a compensation rule because there was a expansion team. So in, I think, 2011 and 2012, we expanded from a 16-team competition to an 18-team competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the expansion teams became a breeding ground for young talent. And what would happen is after five, six years – all these, you know, good young players that grew up there who've been basically taken a lot of the time they get drafted for this expansion club in particular in the Gold Coast. They drafted players from, you know, Victoria and South Australia and not the Gold Coast. And then five, six years later, they would just walk for free back to their Victorian club right. of choice. Right. It became, became just like a feeder team for, for other teams. So right. they introduced a compensation rule that, you know, if a player leaves you'll get compensated with a draft pick and it'll be depending on how much money that player is being offered as well as how they've performed in the club's best and fairest awards in you know the last couple of years as well so they tried to balance it out but unfortunately hasn't quite worked probably the way they intended and Gold Coast still remain quite quite as much of a feeder club for some of the other bigger teams. That 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 uh, that that sounds very baseball-y uh, as well. These like there's some there's a smaller market teams who um, have had to figure out ways to not just in baseball you get uh, a player for six years uh, in the majors before they can leave and, and they hit free agency. Wow. Um, so, but this is a similar thing where uh, yeah, if you're a small market team, there's teams that you know don't don't maybe want to pay the money. Uh, yeah, often the, they're they're players will just leave after six years. They had to like, you know, these teams have figured out ways to they're, they're trading their players often like two, three years in advance of them becoming a free agent to try and get that return on investment, which can be a little bit frustrating uh, to be a fan of a team uh, like say the Oakland athletics, that is just like always trading players, even if they're superstars before they're going to just walk for free. Right. But but what else is that team supposed to do? So, so this is a funny point. I don't know if this happens in any other sport in the world. Uh, 
generally because my knowledge isn't great for the mm-hmm. other sports outside of Australia. But um, some, it's just happened in the last couple of years. Some players, so some, you know, 18 year olds that get drafted actually say to the recruiters up front, they say, I don't want to leave my state. And if you draft me, I will leave. And then that club just doesn't pick those players and they get, you know, basically taken by a Victorian club because they didn't want to leave their home state. So I don't know. I know that baseball had like, you know, uh, the baseball draft is notorious for, especially because you can either draft people uh, before they go to college or after they're in college. So a lot of these like college uh, pre-college base players will be like, Oh, like, you know, if you drafted me, no, I think I'll turn it down. I'll just go back to college for like two years. Oh, right. So that happens a lot, but I think so. The teams must know when, like, there's a potential that they, uh, the the person will not sign with them, uh, and you could always just draft them, and you have the rights to them for that year, unless they and then they turn down the offer because uh, maybe they were just playing, you know, uh, chicken. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's as likely that like then the team would just be like, okay, no, we won't draft. I'm sure it happens, but it's I don't know if it's publicly um, a lot of leverage for the players, which maybe isn't a bad thing. It sounds like, I don't know. Sometimes good and bad. I think there was a, there was a case in 2008 or nine. Um, again, it involved Collingwood, but there was a player that wanted to be traded to Collingwood and the club just was like, not, we're not, his club mm-hmm. was like, we're not trading with Collingwood. It's just not happening. So he didn't sign a contract with them, which is obviously risky. And he's like, I'm just going to walk into the draft and Collingwood will pick me up. And he actually went, I think it was about pick 30. So every club passed on him. Um, until he got to Collingwood, which was risky because obviously if he's drafted, he, he said out loud, you know, if another club drafts me, I'm going to retire. And <laughs> all the clubs just were like, all right, I guess we're not drafting him. And then he just got to Collingwood and ended up just for pick 30, even though he was, you know, quite a successful player and we would have had to pay a lot more for him. Um, so was I think, he a young player or he's an older player? No, he was right. late 20s at the time. How do you end um, up in the draft? So can players just opt out of the guy and then, then they're yes. part of the draft? So- Anyone, anyone. So I could technically nominate for the draft if I wanted to. Uh, I wouldn't get it. drafted. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can. Anyone can nominate for the drafts, and there's there's a couple of different types of drafts. But um, there's one big national draft, and then there's like rookie drafts as well, which you know get on those rookie lists, which were the alternative pathways that I was talking okay. about before. So I think that was, that probably was the defining moment that brought in free agency um, mm-hmm. because the clubs had too much power where they could just trade people who either right. wanted to be traded or didn't want to be traded or just hold them captive, I guess. Um, and at the end of the day, it's the players' lives. And, you know, if their family, like their wife or someone or someone got sick and they wanted to move back home, the clubs kind of could hold them against their will. And now there's a bit more flexibility there. Yeah, so I think being a sports fan, it's you talked to like a lot about how your like uh, your fandom into Australian rules football was was about you know, finding a team. Uh, Collingwood, that you know, my my sport fandom comes from finding the Toronto Blue Jays, being a fan of them. It's so funny how we we love teams, um, but as I've got older, I'm I'm such an advocate for obviously like players having you know players' rights and yeah. finding that balance between like being like wow, they really got a lot of good you know the, the organization got a lot of good value out of that trade. You know, it's like uh, it sounds bad, but uh, it's just like constant push and pull. I think. Like we're having as sports fans of like we're fans of teams which are essentially organizations uh you know but uh ultimately you want to support 
players, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as it's not players from my club leaving, then uh, that's right. I'll, that's right. I'll support them. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I think uh, it would be fun. I, I know um, when we first were chatting about doing this podcast, I think you had just, it was very close around the time, there was this like wild moment that you got to be a part of in Australian rules of football history, right? You had sent me a video uh, yeah. of, a, of a celebration. I kind of wanted to segue into this. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of fans will know like, you know, big sports moments uh from north american history but I, i'd be excited for you to tell me like a little bit about like tell me some of the fun sports moments in australian rules uh, football so the moment that you're talking about that just happens uh, in round two so it's now round six so a month ago was uh, a player buddy franklin he kicked his a thousandth career goal um there's only been he's the sixth player in history um wow. to do that i should say when i say in history the afl has been around since 1897, so it's been over 100 years. Uh, the last player to kick a 1,000 goals was 26 years ago. But the way that the game is played nowadays, uh, it's very unlikely that any player will kick a 1,000 goals ever again. So it was a really big achievement for him to kick that 1,000 goals. And basically what happened was I was at the game um, – he needed to kick four goals uh, against a really good opponent to be able to get there. And he was playing um, at the SCG, the Sydney cricket ground. And that's it. He plays for Sydney now. So it was just like this big moment where he kicked right before the third quarter siren. He kicked his third goal of the game. So he needed one more. And it just felt like the whole stadium ran downstairs to basically the ground floor level, just in preparation of him kicking that 1,000th goal. Because we all knew what was going to happen. Everyone was going to flood the field. We were just going to run on the field. And that doesn't really happen in AFL unless there's like a massive milestone. I think when I think the last time was actually he kicked 100 goals in the season in like 2006 or something. So everyone ran on the field. It doesn't really happen anywhere. I think like uh, not in North America. It'd be very rare to see people on the field. Uh, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's like a really rare. Usually there's like a five, six thousand dollar fine if you're caught running on the right. field. So right. you're not allowed to. But well, they everyone... must have made so much money that night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the AFL came out beforehand because they knew. So they, they said in advance, like, look. You're not meant to, but if it happens, it happens. And then the Sydney cricket yeah. ground was like, we will fine you if you go on the field. And everyone was just like, eh, they can't find all of us. Let's just see what happens. And he kicked, he kicked that goal in the, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was electric waiting for that goal. We were all around. Everyone was smiling. Everyone was happy from both clubs as well. We were just like waiting yeah, for that big moment. He kicks the goal. Everyone just runs on the field. So we, we ran in and it was during the game as well. Like the game wasn't over. It was in yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> and they just tried to mob him basically. And everyone was cheering and happy. There ended up being 30, about 30,000 people on the field, which is, I've sent you the photos. It's basically, yeah. you can't see the grass, right? No, it's you like, can't. Yeah. It's full. The it's whole field is full of people just on the field. Um, it took about 10 to 15 minutes for everyone to get back off the field. And then they had to clean up the field because it was like trash and rubbish all over it. Yeah. And then play just restarted as if, you know, nothing had happened. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Uh, a thousand, so six player and you think, yeah, nobody will ever do it again. You just think. I don't, I don't think anyone can do it again. The game's not high scoring enough anymore. Back in the, back in the olden days, people were kicking, you know, 10 goals a game. Now, if you kick like 
five, you're like, oh my God, you kicked five goals. That's amazing. So it's just way harder to kick that level of goals. But Buddy Franklin has been an exceptional player with a really long career. Like he's 35, I think, or 36. Yeah. So Every, long he's career, the highest, exceptional highest player. paid player in the AFL. Maybe, perhaps that has changed. Yes. I think it was of last, as of last year. Yes, highest paid player. He, yeah, over a million dollars a year player. Um, if He's the guy that... Basically, if you don't know anything about AFL in Australia and you've just managed to like grow up in, I guess, rugby territory, which is, I guess, only one or two states that that's the case for, um, you still know who Buddy Franklin is. Like, he's right. just well known enough. And and most of the time, a lot of the Sydney supporters, because that is more of a rugby territory than an AFL territory, that and Queensland, they're the only two, um, they will go to the games just to watch Buddy Franklin play because it's such like a, a marvel and joy watching him play the things that he can do. So he's just like this big marquee player and he's very good. And having that experience of watching him kick a thousand goals, even though it wasn't even my team, but it was one of the best sporting moments. I've, it probably was the best sporting moments that I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I was going to add the, uh, we chat about more sports stories in a second. The one thing I was going to say, you said earlier, like, uh, Playing once a week is that is that um, is that the format typically of um, obviously like a one once a week game Are they weekend games um, yeah yeah so we play there's typically I think the average schedule would be that there's nine matches a weekend but it starts on Friday night and will go until Sunday night so there'll be like one on Friday night um, two during the Saturday day um, and then two on at Saturday night and then there's yeah, one, uh, sorry, two and well, then it's just like one after the other, after the other on the Sunday. So there has to be some sort of overlap because the game's sure. playtime is usually with the breaks between quarters. It's about a three hour, you know, experience. So there's just not enough time in the weekend to have no overlap whatsoever, but um, they do a pretty good job. Usually there's only one or two games that overlap. So you can get, you can watch all of them and there's, there's 23 rounds with one buy for every club. So just as like a rest period. So 22 um, games are played. So you'll note then it's an uneven fixture. They, not every team, every team will play each other at least once. And then you play another team, which you don't know who that's going to be until the fixtures are released usually like November the, the year before you get to play another team uh, one time or well, five teams an extra time. But those teams typically were randomized until the last couple of years where people started complaining. And we're like, Hey, how come I'm playing the hardest five teams twice? And this other team is playing the five easiest teams twice. And they've tried to, it's evolving as the years go, but they're making a way where they put teams in buckets of like how good they are. So it's like the best six teams, the middle six teams and the worst six teams. And then if you finish higher on the ladder, you got to play like three people from the top bucket and one person from the middle bucket and one person from the bottom bucket. And they kind of, you know, in reverse if you came last and they kind of figure out the, the, who you double up with um, using that method. So it's a bit fairer, but still not super fair. Yeah, it sounds that's a it sounds like I mean like there's tons of sports that have unfair scheduling systems, so it's just not new. But uh, that seems wild. It's just like you just the five just random teams. You just play. You never know who you're going to play. Yeah, it's always fun. different. It's yeah. it's not like the same five. I think there's some marquee matchups that almost sure. always play a double up. So a lot of the time, a team has a rival, and that rival matchup will be a guaranteed double up, and then there'll be like four randoms after that. Who's Collingwood's rival? 
<laughs> Carlton. Uh, there's been a rivalry since like 1900 <laughs> between who's, those two clubs. Who's got the edge at the moment? Like, uh, you know, who's who's who typically is uh, so in recent Collingwood, times? Collingwood has, you know, won majority of the matches since, I guess, 2000 against them. But this particular season, Carlton have typically been like a cellar dweller bottom team. And this year yeah. is their, I guess, breakout season. Well, they're looking at pushing for finals, but Collingwood's doing a bit better than everyone expected. So it's actually going to be a really close game this year. I'm not sure who's going to win. Hopefully us. <laughs> we're just, uh, I mean, Dater says we're, we're recording a bit before the episode dropped, but, but uh, the beginning of the season is March. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It starts in March and it will typically end then in September. Okay. Uh, so we're pretty early into the season. Seems like they've only played a few games, a handful of games uh, so far. Um, are there like, is there a favorite to win? Uh, maybe an underdog as well. Yeah, the the people that won the, the team, Melbourne Demons, won the grand final last season and are undefeated this year already. And yeah. they haven't looked like they've tried too hard, to be honest. Um, so they're just cruising along and they'll, they're well on their way to you know glory again. But in the AFL, it's pretty... It's hard to go, you know, back to back. The motivation really drops off um, mm-hmm. once you've already won your grand final. I think there's that big build up, and then it's, it makes it really difficult. I think in other sports it might be a bit easier to go back to back. But um, yeah, there's only Collingwood has won four times in a row, and that was in the 1930s, like 1928, 29, 30, 31. So a long time ago. Um, the most recent um, one, so Hawthorne won it three times in a row in um, the teens like 20 i think it was 13 14 15 six oh, i'm a year off but yeah around there so roughly yeah it, it doesn't it's it's typically like uh, other teams have gone you know they win then they lose and then they come back and they win and it's like harder to just win three in a row than it is to you know win and then lose and then come back with that extra fire in their belly is when a team is like has success and then and then drops off like uh, in a lot of North American sports like the reason for that would be like you build up this this core of talent and then your your talent ages a little bit maybe some of them leave for free agency uh, whatever that tends to be uh, the life cycle of, of of a team some of the teams that have you know more money um, can like you know sustain themselves can like retool a little bit better than other teams, but um, what would be the reason for like, you know, having that, that major success and then, and then dropping off a little bit. I think a lot of it is purely motivation based, not, not actually talent based. It's, I mean, I know other sports play more fixtures, but it's a very grueling game. And uh, Mm -hmm. when you're playing, especially like it's an outdoor game, it's a winter sport. (laughs) So it plays across Australia's winter. So it's not, it's like very taxing on the body. And once you, once you've thrown everything at it to win the grand final and you, you achieve it to be able to then be motivated and be like, all right, let's do it again next year. The the just motivation across the whole team really drops off. And the talent's very equally spread. I could say when I say equally, I mean, probably spread across, you know, the top 10 teams compared to the last couple, but most teams on any given day can beat another team, which makes it really hard to win the grand final. You have to be, you know, exceptional and your motivation has to be high at the right time. I mean, there's been a team um, as recently as 2000, I think it was 16. Again, it might be a year off there. Um, the Western Bulldogs where they finished the regular season in seventh place, but they were hitting their peak form right mm. at the end of the season. And they just won every game after that. And they, they ended up winning the grand final from seventh well, place. That's awesome. That's is great. Exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so the top the top eight teams make the playoffs. Um, yep. Yeah, is that t- typically you know typically your higher seeded teams will will do a little fair a little bit better. I mean, that would make sense that for the better performers. Yeah, we have a final structure where it's actually um, not like one versus eight. It ends up being one versus four and two versus three, but they have a double chance. So, right. um, yeah, basically the winner of that goes into the game before the grand final and the loser of those games plays the winner of um, five and six, uh, five and eight and six and seven, so which are elimination matches. And then the winner of those games goes against the opposite Winner who, so you don't have the same team playing the same team in the first round as they do in the game before the grand final. Um, and then the winner of that goes into the grand final. Right. Uh, that's, uh, uh, basketball has, has shuffled up their, uh, playoff format a bit where, uh, the seven and eight spots are, are now, uh, this like playoff tournament between like seven, eight, nine and 10. And it's a weird thing too, where it's like, yeah, you basically like, you know, to get a lim- higher, the higher seed you are, uh, you have to lose twice basically. So it sounds, uh, yeah. similar, um, to that. Uh, any other, any stories which, you know, would be, would be of interest either like historically, like, you know, great, great sporting, uh, uh, Australian rules football moments or storylines uh, happening this season that you particularly think are, are of interest? Maybe not this season, but something I find interesting in general is there's actually an, an American player in oh. the AFL that most people don't know of, uh-huh. <laughs> I would say, which is pretty interesting. Um, his name's Mason Cox, and he actually plays for Collingwood, and he was the first ever American um, to play in the AFL. So he's been playing with Collingwood for it's got to be about five years or so because um, he's pushing 30 years old now, and he came to the AFL as the tallest player Ever in the AFL, oh, <laughs> two hundred and eleven point four centimeters, um, which I haven't done the conversion into feet. So I, yeah, you'll have to apologize yeah, there. But it's fun. very tall, um, particularly for yeah. I guess any person of that height in Australia will, I think, play basketball um, yes. at that at that height. Yes. So yeah, he came over to play in the AFL. Just obviously bigger than everybody. Um, I wouldn't say it's been a success, really. He's uh-huh. he's been the most talented American because there's been a couple of other Americans that have tried to play in the AFL, but they they either get drafted and never play a game, or they just don't get drafted. Um, he's does have had he's had a relatively successful career in that he does play every now and then. Not he's more of a rotational player than a every week type mm-hmm. of player, um, and he has had these big moments where um, in our one of our knockout finals, he essentially kicked, I think it was five or six goals to beat the flag favorites at the time. Um, and the whole crowd was chanting USA. And it was just like Whoa. this amazing experience of him just having like this amazing breakout game where he was catching everything and he was kicking goals from ridiculous angles. And we were like, oh my God, like what is happening right now? Just went into like beast mode and, and won us the game. Um, wow. and that, that was probably his career highlight. I think his parents came down to watching that game as well. So there was extra motivation. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty good story, and yeah, currently he's the only AFL uh, US AFL player. Um, uh, I have to tell yeah. you, I, you know, because I'm Canadian, I needed to Google other Canadian players, and Andrew McGrath drafted first overall <laughs> in the 2016 draft uh, for Essendon. I might have to be an Essendon fan, although I see that they're very <laughs> standings. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. not having a good year. He's a good player. I, I yeah. didn't know. I guess it's uh, some sort of Canadian heritage. I don't, I don't think he was born there. Uh, or sort of grew up there. Definitely grew up in oh. Australia. But he, um, he did? Well, hmm. Yeah, he grew up in Australia. But he, he might have Canadian parents for sure. 
Well, let's see. He's saying uh, he's from Mississauga. He was born in Mississauga, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So he might have been probably, maybe they moved very quickly. Uh, probably. Uh, there's, yeah. there's plenty of AFL players that were born in other countries and then, you know, moved when they were younger to Australia. And it's an easy way to fit in as a, as a little kid, um, yeah. you know, joining the, the local football team. Um, to make friends and all of that as well. So, yeah, yeah that, it's pretty he, common, but that is a fun fact. Well, he's really, you taught me something. Yeah, there we go. And he must have, uh, you know, when he was a little kid, he must have, there was like a pair of skates and a football and he chose the football. Like, I guess we got to move to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I was going to, uh, just very quickly, cool, like, uh, I, I presume there's a women's league. Uh, is there a women's league? So, that's a good, good question. Uh, there wasn't a women's league until yes, a couple of years right. ago, <laughs> yes. about three or four years ago. They okay, great. Uh, introduced AFLW. Um, it's not a professional league in that all yeah. of the women still have their jobs, yes. um, which is upsetting. But look, it's it's new, so yeah. it takes you know the, the men's league. I guess had a hundred years on them. So um, the. Yeah. Uh, the quality of play is improving every single year. This season was really great quality compared to the first season. Um, and that just comes from one, you know, more girls getting involved in the game growing up because now there is a women's football to watch as well as um, when those players, you know, get drafted, there's more talent than in the system. Cause when they first started there, there really wasn't enough talent spread evenly across the teams where you couldn't have, you know, a good 20 people in each team playing a game. Um, right. They just, it just didn't work. So it's getting yeah. better and better every season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes in the future because yeah, this season was, was actually very good. I was very, very impressed with the quality. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at the, uh, the international cup as well. Uh, I guess this is, this is non Australia does not compete in the international cup, which would be, cause I was wondering how Papua New Guinea had so many championships, <laughs> but that's because Australia does not play. I believe there was uh, a push into Asia. Yeah. So, yeah. um, we, there used to be before COVID times, um, one game a year that was held in China. Um, okay. Gold yeah. Coast versus Port Adelaide, yeah, two, two, two of our best teams. <laughs> no, they, they didn't do it. Two of teams that are not that great. Um, this is how you this, you could bring a game to Canada, and I would be like, yeah, sure, we'll take those two teams. They sound great. Yeah. You tell me they're the best teams? Yeah, sure. That, that's basically what happened. Um, and I think that was a, a global – they were trying to, I guess, expand into the Asian market. I believe that that's still probably on the cards, but it's just hard with COVID at the moment to do any sort of games outside of Australia. They played one in New Zealand. Um, a couple of years ago as well, which went very well. So um, you never know. I think I think there was, I don't know if it got cancelled or not. I know there was planned for a game in LA um, in the preseason as like a warm-up game, but I think COVID may have gotten in the way of that one, unfortunately. Yeah, it looks like the last International Cup as well was going to be in 2020. Uh, looks like it's every three years or so, and it got uh, postponed. So next will be in 2024, but yeah. Papua New Guinea ran away with the championship two years in a row. Uh, Canada came seven. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we're talking about uh, per, perhaps folks who live in uh, North America uh, or, or maybe outside of Australia. Um, is there what, is there a way to watch Australian rules football? Uh, are we just, uh, you know, stuck with uh, YouTube highlights? <laughs> no, there is there is a way to play and there is a way to watch. Um, if you want to actually play the game, um, if you go to just www.usafl.com, um, there's basically a players and clubs section and you can 
linked to every team across the US. There's there's even Honolulu in there, so um, you can definitely get involved that way. Otherwise, in terms of streaming the game, um, <clears throat> there's a couple of ways. The the TV rights I think fell away this year with the US, but in typical years, um, it, there's been a couple games on like Fox Sports One, Two, and, and Soccer at, at weird times. Obviously, the time difference. Um, but if you go to www.watchafl.com, um, there's like a paid component where you can you know pay to watch games and some. If someone is like a passionate supporter about their club, so for example, Grace, you and, and Essendon, yeah, um, you can you can sign up to an international membership like through the club, which usually comes with a, a watch AFL code, so that you can watch oh. all of the uh, Essendon games that way. Um, but I think they're trying to work out a deal at the moment with Paramount Plus. I mean, that's that's what's happening over here in the media at the moment, and if they work out a deal with Paramount Plus, then I think potentially all the games are going to be available on Paramount Plus. So fingers crossed for that one because that'd be a massive deal. I think uh, it's so funny to think about watching sports in this way. When I was talking with uh, Puya about uh, like English premier soccer as like Canadian North America, people who live in like Canada and the US, when you like, you're not embedded in the same way that like, I'm sure like, you know, you can't open your Twitter without seeing some results or something happening in the world. But when you're like disconnected from it, like for me, the way I got into English soccer was to pick a team and then just watch that team and for like eventually it got to the point where it's like yeah okay now my twitter is starting to like feel you know <laughs> google is listening in to me so it was listening in but there's a long period where i could like dvr the game or you know go to the zone later and i'm sure people who wanted to just start watching so if you pick a team you're probably not going to get spoiled on the results of the game if you like just like pvr it or whatever so uh, it could be a good way to get started it feels like a weird way to watch sports but you know that's how I started watching Liverpool soccer. So, yeah. oh, you've chosen a good club then as well. I know I got very <laughs> lucky. I know uh, it doesn't seem like I'll be as lucky with Essendon. Um, anything no, else before we wrap so. up? No, uh, well, yeah. it's there's a, a, a joke. Well, it's not a joke because it's true about Essendon going more more than I think it's more than fifteen hundred days since they've last won a, a finals match. So you've you've really gone <laughs> you've, you've gone with a tough choice there. Yeah, but I got Andrew McGrath. <laughs> my, my, my Canadian son. That's true. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Anything no. else before we wrap up? Yeah. No, I think generally, um, if, you, if you're interested, I'd, I'd look, if you're really interested, if you search like AFL biggest hits or hardest hits, you yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely get a really good compilation of just things that you would be like, this is legal. Like you don't uh-huh. get a jail sentence for this. Uh, there's some, no helmets, no nothing. There's no, there's no, pad, padding. Just, no padding. Yeah. Oh, there's literally, yeah, some of the, some of the stuff I watch there and I'm just like, I, I can't believe this is what I watch on a regular basis. I mean, you obviously want the players to be okay. So it's all good when they're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. but geez, sometimes it happens and you're like, Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Otherwise I really enjoyed uh, talking to you about this today. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for giving us the crash course in uh, Aussie Rules Football. Um, you mentioned your your podcast. Dr. Supercoach is a great name. I'm like, uh, we were trying to name the Aussie podcast. There's not a lot of good sports podcast names out there. And so Dr. Supercoach is incredible. Like Supercoach, <laughs> Dr. Supercoach, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, Dr. Supercoach, no, I, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, can, where can people find it and where can people, you know, uh, check out what you're up to online? Oh, well, you can uh, follow myself on Twitter, which is just at pistol underscore DRSC. Um, and yeah, that's my, my, my podcast name, I guess. Typically don't go with my 
normal name my normal name my birth name i don't know where i'm going with this um but yeah dr supercoach is on all streaming platforms so pretty easy to find <laughs> amazing uh well thanks for joining me today oh good thanks so much for having me uh yeah hopefully we can uh, have a have a check up one time and see how your Essendon Essendon uh dons are going yeah it'd be fun to check yeah uh maybe uh in the fall uh, near oh. the end of the season we'll check in before uh, around playoffs or the <laughs> the finals yeah am yeah. I right we, no yep the finals yeah. uh, I All think right. uh yeah the, the Bombers might not make an appearance in the finals I know, but I, we can touch in <laughs> okay we'll touch in and we'll mourn uh Essendon's loss and 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 but isn't the end of the season the best one because then you have hope about what happens next season right so yeah. Well, yeah. It's a, it it really depends on the club. You, it, it, there's kind of that. Uh, some teams are more like, I guess, for the Premier League and Arsenal equivalent, where it's full of hope and then yeah. dream dreams are dashed and nothing's delivered year after year. So, not with my Essendon. All right. Not with your Essendon. We'll see how they go. Yes. All right. Thanks so much, Pete. No problem. Thanks. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. I'm here with Lavina. Lavina, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited for some hockey. Um, mm-hmm. as, as the start of us recording this today, it has, it is underway. Um, the series that is currently underway, I, I'm, that's like my least, the one that I care about the least. So I'm perfectly happy to be talking to you instead of watching that right now. <laughs> I have uh, a vested interest in both of the games that are happening as we're speaking. Um, one, because I very much would like the team to win. And the other one, I would very much like a team to lose. So you tell share that well, with me. Well, I would like the Maple Leafs to win and beat the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning. And I would very much like the Boston Bruins to lose and never win a game ever again. They torment like, the Maple Leafs. I feel like we're on the same page, sort mm-hmm. of, but we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. I feel like typically I'm designing the game. I am coming up with the questions and then asking the guests to play. And this time I thought, how I can't, I'm not going to be able to write a hockey quiz or a game but it's going to stump you you should write you should make up the 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 answers and i'll try to come up with the 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 guesses so Lavina, you have your top five nhl stanley cup playoff stories yes yes and there is um well so technically one of them is a bonus story because it's about a team that did not make the playoffs but we'll get to that okay I could guess. I mean, let's get started. I mean, uh, as I said, yes. I'm very casual. So Levino will be very kind that if I'm like starting to guess and very clearly way off the, the, uh, the ice, uh, you'll point me in the right direction. Maybe give me some hints, but I do think number one, and this is a little bit cheating because when I said, do you want to come talk to the NHL playoffs? We hadn't really decided what format we were going to do yet. He said, yeah, we have to talk about the Las Vegas Golden Knights not making the playoffs. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. I just remembered that. You know what? We'll, we'll still count it. We'll still count it. But we did actually, yeah, let's get this one out of the way first because mm-hmm. technically it's not a non-playoff story. That's yes. not shady slightly, yes. maybe. Uh-huh. Um, fine. but you know, yeah, the, in their first time in franchise history, I mean, there's not much franchise history to be had. Um, there's yeah. a lot of that talk going on. Franchise history, you know, wow. all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you're new here. Let's take it easy. Um, yes. But honestly, them not making the playoffs and the way that it happened was just the, the slowest decline. You know, it's like they're like at the they're like at the ledge, you know what I mean? And then it's just kind of like getting slowly pushed pushed off by other teams. And one of those teams being the San Jose Sharks, might I add. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I just find it super interesting. Um, I don't know if you were following um I, I mean, honestly, this their downfall goes past the playoffs. I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, avoid it on my Twitter feed that like Las Vegas was was falling, that they were not going to make the the the, the 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 collapse of their playoff run. Right, and it, you know whether it's them being over the cap, you know whether it's them um, their their mistreatment of Mark Andre Fleury. People aren't super yes. a fan of. Um, I am not as well. Um, and you know, the whole situation where they, um, tried to trade one of their players whose name currently escapes me, but, um, he ended up having a no trade clause, I believe. And he said, actually, I'm not going to Anaheim. I'm staying here, but now I kind of don't want to be here because you guys didn't want me. So, um, yeah, and then, dead enough where they tried to trade him and he's like, nope, I'm going to stay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then after, um, you know, they had like their last home game and they wanted to award, you know, their, you know, most improved players, you know, those kinds of like end of the season awards. I believe they gave him one of the awards and they got, they got completely torched online, which, you know, typically their Twitter account does. Um, but this one was a special kind of torch, in my opinion. Has there been like a, t- it feels like, you know, I, I don't know. It felt like they had like goodwill. They're like, it's, what a scrappy underdog story, like a team in Vegas. They make it to the, they made it to the finals the first year they were, no, what happened? What, the they first did. year. Yeah. First, uh, like, yep. What a fun underdog story. Have they just like completely, they've just lost all their goodwill? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you don't hate a bad team. It's like, okay, sure. But mm-hmm. I feel like in this case, it's not necessarily like, okay, well, people, you know, and we'll talk about them ahead. You know, the Colorado Avalanche I, are a very good team and are, you know, projected to even potentially win the entire thing. Yes. But I wouldn't call them super hated and they're a good team. So I don't understand the logic. Really, it's just a matter of um, the way the, the franchise is being portrayed um and the way that it's not even necessarily the way they're being portrayed actually it's just how they're run like mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't a fan of it and you know the mark andre Fleury stuff um in my personal opinion yeah. mark andre Fleury really put them on and they yes. just kind of said well yeah you're 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 out of here basically. And um, he actually said that he didn't find out that he was, um, I believe being traded to Chicago until he saw it on Twitter. I heard that. That's brutal. That's really bad. Um, I feel like there is this, uh, where's the, you know, the like um, either uh, you die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. I feel like that feels like already like Vegas. Like, uh, I mean, I think Vegas has always been, I'm cutting out. Yeah, okay, you're like I'll robotic re- a bit. Okay, uh, let me let me give it a second. I'm not recording backup, but that's okay. Uh, maybe I'll start. 
Should I leave and come back? No, no. If it's me, it's me. So uh, let me just start recording backup audio. Am I still robotic? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, talk again. Am I still robotic? You are. You're good now. You're good now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start recording backup and then we'll start back up. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a little bit like uh, the story, you know, uh, you either die the hero or live long enough to become the, the villain. I mean, Vegas is a city that I think like, a lot, I don't know, I mean, always been questionable whether you should put a sports team uh, there because it's such a tourist city versus like uh, a lot of these other cities that have um, teams. But I don't know, they have such rapid success. And then I think that's, you know, as soon as you have success in sports, I feel like it does not take long for people to turn on you. So. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant, you know, when I was, uh, you know, like comparing them to the abs and stuff. But um, there is for sure some people that are like, oh, yeah, screw the avalanche kind of, you know, vibe. But it's not necessarily like, okay, well, it's just it's just overall bad grace, you know, from the Twitter account uh, persona to, you know, the Mark andre Fleury stuff to the, you know, um, general on ice antics, you know, as a San Jose Sharks fan, I can personally say I still think about that Joe Pavelski hit and the way that Joe Pavelski's head was hanging um, and bleeding in 2019. Um, Not a great memory to have. and, you know, it's it's a bit ironic that great segue that the Sharks kind of put the, the dagger in their season. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're not even necessarily their their whole season as a whole, but like their their playoff hopes, because they were coming into the, one of their last games of the season against the Sharks projected 99 percent to win that game and lost in the shootout, which is yeah, the worst way, um, especially against a college kid who was just signed about a week prior yeah that's um, brutal super brutal but are you a shootout fan are you a shootout fan just in general i'm gonna say great bit great question um i think i mean you know if it's like the olympics or something i know in the olympics yeah, they yeah, were yeah. doing the shootout for like championship gold medal games hate that um if it's a regular season thing i'm okay with it um, yeah that's fair mm-hmm. playoffs we don't have them so I feel like I'm okay with it. Then I'm kind of like thinking out loud. I'm good with it. Okay. So that's fair. Um, all right. So the, the, the Vegas golden Knights not making the playoffs, their collapse is, is the bonus story. That is it's let's call it number five. Let's go down. Okay. Um, all right. Can I be very selfish? Can I say, you know, I feel like my, you know, interest is, is, can the Maple Leafs, who had a rather historic season, uh, team record for wins, Matthews has a great season, is like, you know, the Leafs potential cup run, is, is, this a, is this an interesting story or just for me and all of Toronto? No, I mean, well, I don't know if you're going to like the way I worded it, but I okay. wrote, will, well, you might. Will the Leafs silence critics? Will they okay. make it past the first round is the second note. <laughs> yeah, this is the... Toronto Maple Leaf playoff hockey is very, very stressful because I mean, they were, they're bad for a little while, but they've been good for a while. And it's just been like, yeah, they just can't win in the playoffs. And this is, you know, I was joking earlier that like, yeah, I'd rather Boston not win because like as much fun as it would be to feel like, okay, yeah, what a great team. Let them play Boston. (laughs) No, Boston will just like beat the very good Toronto Maple Leafs team. Uh, Even if Boston, you know, Boston's fine. They're good. Um, But like, yeah, if it feels like a year that Toronto could win and then you put them up against Boston, that feels like 
very, very bad news. And then, yeah, we end up against Tam- the Tampa Bay Lightning, which feels risky as well. It feels like potentially that is not winnable. So I would love for them to silence critics and be able to, to you know, I, I would love to win the Stanley Cup. Um, but, you know, win a playoff series would be would be pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have, you know, anyone in this fight personally. I did last season, um, but I definitely don't this season. You know, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe are no longer there. Um, But, you know, I will I will say that as much as Leafs fans, except you, Grace, (laughs) and, you know, Jenny Autumn and all of our friends, um, they you guys don't bother me. But as a whole, Leafs fans. You know, I mean, would you agree that they kind of give themselves a bad rep? Sure. Would you agree with me? Sure. Okay. It's, it, but okay. it's, it's just like 60 years of frustration, you know, like, boy, like generate. I mean, I've been talking a lot about generational, uh, you know, stuff, uh, over on post show recaps a lot, but yeah, it's just like none of us have seen it happen. None of us have seen it. And it's like, you know, this like historic franchise that like it's just so frustrating. And I think sometimes that's like, um, you know, expressed in a, in a poor way, you know? Yeah. I would agree. You know, every fan base has their bad seeds and especially, uh, you know, it's Toronto. It's the they call it the capital of hockey, Um, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, So I understand that there's going to be even more bad seeds because of just the sheer amount of people that care so much about the team. Um, But I do think that it is a little bit funny. Like I'm stuck between like a rock and a hard place, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I feel like on one end, I'm like, okay, it'd be kind of funny if they once again get eliminated in the first round. And then the other half of me is like you know what let's get something new going on it's like you know um i don't i don't want to give a hint into one of what into my next topic but it is getting a little bit old seeing the same teams particularly in the eastern conference advancing so i'm like you know what you know like let's 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 play around with it let's see what the leafs can potentially do maybe they can go on a big run you know i think that uh, mitch marner and austin matthews seem like good dudes and they're excellent players yeah so i'd i'd love to see star players do well yeah who knows i mean if um if tampa wasn't up against toronto and like uh toronto got eliminated by some other team like yeah, like a three-peat is interesting, you know? That's like, you know, I think, like, I'm always, you know, as, like, a history major, I think it's very cool to think that, like, you could, like, look back at these three and be like, yeah, it was the Tampa Bay uh, dynasty. But, like, yeah, if you're up against Star in the first round, um, no, I would not like to see <laughs> three-peat yeah. anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, back-to-back uh, titles. Uh, they, they could win a third one. Um, I don't think they're quite as strong as the teams, obviously, that they've they've had the last two years. So um, even if they manage to beat Toronto, I don't think they can pull out another Stanley Cup win. But prove me wrong. John John would be happy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I believe I got a Twitter message <laughs> or a Twitter uh, mention earlier from that I have to reply to. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think that that series for me personally is just kind of like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Um, sorry, Grace, it'd be funny if they That's lose. Fine. But if they don't, OK, cool. You know, Tampa's gone and, you know, yay parody, hey, I guess. Hey, I'm looking at the the results at uh, the, the end of the second period. Uh, looks like it could be okay. <laughs> it's I'm like a spoiler alert from yeah. the from the past, guys. The it's past, four to yeah. zero, four nothing. So you know, okay. But that's this is classic Toronto Maple Leafs. If like they like they could like lose this game, uh, and like that would be unsurprising uh, for their Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, all right, let me let me let me see. Um, 
the 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 Florida Panthers have not won a playoff series in a long time. Do you have the Florida Florida Panthers as an interesting story in the playoffs? I do, but this is my extremely biased topic. Um, yes, okay, I see. Yes. Can you can you can you fill yeah, in the blanks? Joe. Jumbo <laughs> Joe. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote down. I was actually my number one topic. Um, shocker. Uh, Joe Thornton, twenty-five year, near twenty-five year career. Um, he has not won a Stanley Cup, um, as we famously know, and yeah. or maybe not. I don't know. Or at least in my life, um, you know, I don't have anyone in the in the playoffs again for the third year in a row. And you know, last season I was with you, Grace. I was Team Maple Leafs, and I was yeah. hoping and praying um, against my will <laughs> that they could pull it out and win but they didn't and I'm like you know what let's have it be this year because if I'm being completely honest with you I do feel like this is the last um, chance for him because he's not even playing that often he said it himself when he returned to San Jose um, maybe about a month ago in March that he had an interview and he said you know it's great it's fun I get to hang out with the guys I'm not playing every game so he he is aware that the body is slowing down even though up here he's not he doesn't want to Um, you know I just really hope he gets it. And there are some other people, you know, like Claude Giroux um, is a new Pan- uh, Florida Panther as well. And he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, of course, there's Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars, who is also getting up there, which makes me feel old, by the way. Yeah, this is um, yeah. when we're starting to see like people we knew like, oh, they're retiring. <laughs> no. Yeah, we no. had Dustin Brown and Ryan Getzlaff retire. And I think that's crazy. My childhood is over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that I would, yeah, boy, if like the Leafs can make it out of the first round and the, the Panthers make it out of the first round, um, you know, I feel like there's a sacrilege to say that, like, you know, if the Panthers ended up beating the Leafs, you know, so that Jumbo Joe could go on and win a Stanley Cup, yeah, all right, a sacrifice was, was made. I, I only would prefer the Toronto Maple Leafs to win, um, but yeah, yeah, Joe Thornton, it'd be great to see him hold, hold the Stanley Cup. It's like, I feel like. I feel like there's no sport. Maybe like I guess you get a little bit of this with the with the Super Bowl trophy. But I feel, I feel like yeah, getting the the players skating on the ice around with the Stanley Cup is just so it's so iconic. Joe should get to do it. Yeah, and I do think that he should be first to touch the puck or to touch the puck, cool. to yeah. touch the trophy because. Um, you know, I don't, and that's the thing, like I'm a Western Conference fan. I don't know a crazy amount about the Eastern Conference. And I feel like mm-hmm. vice versa, Eastern Conference fans could say the same about us. Yes. Um. So I don't, I don't like, you know, like, um, Ekblad, I guess. Um. I don't know if he's injured or not right now. Like, you know, I understand that they have their star players that were there before Joe got there. But, you know, I feel like um, whoever the captain is, I don't even know who the captain is, um, would end up passing it to Joe first or signal like, hey, he deserves to get it first. And I really hope that he does, because, again, I do think that, you know, seeing like I mentioned like a second ago, Dustin Brown and Ryan Getzlaff, who were, you know, the the like one of the main pillars of the other two California hockey teams retiring. It's a huge wake up call because Joe is 43 years old. He's turning 44 in July. Wow. <laughs> he that, just yeah. has to. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, it would mean the Leafs would lose, but yeah, I mean, 
you couldn't have stayed with the Leafs. Come on, we could have had the best of both worlds. That's okay. Um, all right, then we've been on we've been on the Eastern Conference, and let's jump to the Western Conference. I feel like Detroit kind of. I mean, similarly to the the Leafs, who had such a good season, I feel like there's kind of the there's a lot of pressure on the on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they've like had you know the, you know made it to the second round each past three seasons, but have not really won much. And then yeah, have this like they're the best team in the West. Uh, I feel like that has to be on there. Yeah, um, and it is. What I wrote down was, can anyone, not even just Western, can anyone beat the Avs? And also, what's up with the Western Conference? Because a lot of people were saying, what are these random scattered about teams that made the playoffs for the Western Conference? Like, who is Calgary? Is Calgary even any, like my friend this morning, I was talking to her and she was like, is Calgary good? And I'm like, well, they made the playoffs, even though they're playing in a Pacific Division, which is, you know, they're accompanied by all these teams in a rebuild, speaking from experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a strange, you know, if we were talking, yeah. I so just, des- I feel like this is on my Twitter a lot. I think people so desperately like want the Calgary Edmonton playoff series. I think that could be like mm. super fun if both of them made it out, managed to beat the stars and the, uh, and, and the Kings. But, um, yeah, it feels like, uh, yeah, color. I mean, I've seen a lot of playoff brackets that have, Colorado, either in the finals um, uh, or, or, um, or or winning the whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know too much about betting odds or anything, but the betting odds at the top, I was like, oh, yeah, the Florida Panthers will for sure be at the top. They're actually second. It's Colorado mm-hmm. for most all of these like Vegas, Vegas odds or whatever they mean. Well, I, you could tell me if you know, I don't. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just think that, you know, I find them to be a very, uh, is this even a word? A rootable team. I think they're yes. a rootable team. Yes. Um, even though I am again a Western Conference fan and the Sharks have faced Colorado, um, even as, even as recently as 2019, um, which was like a chaotic playoffs as a fan for me, um, I would, I could still see myself rooting for them if Florida and the Joe in Florida, you know, somehow weren't there be also just because again like i said what's up with the western conference you know calgary st louis i forgot i'm sorry but i forgot about st louis yes Flat out. in there um minnesota i feel and listen i i'm sorry if there's any wild fans listening but they're uh-huh. just always there and they're just there they're just there and they don't <laughs> They yes. can, you know, they'll get maybe they can get out of the, actually, I think they're one of the teams that also are very much plagued in the first round, like the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if they do get out, just kind of like, okay, yeah, great. You know, they're not going to go all the way. And I get it. I'm a Sharks fan. You don't have to tell me. I, <laughs> I, yeah, know. <laughs> I know. I so. know. Yeah, I remember the, the like, uh, you know, I grew up and you know, like we watched a lot of hockey. Um, and I, you know, I remember the, like the Patrick Wire, the Peter Forsberg era, like, yeah, that's when they were good. And I feel like they've had such a, um, like they have not won in so long that I feel like they've like rebuilt goodwill when you're talking about them being a rootable team that like, yeah, nobody's like, uh, yeah, the avalanche always winning, you know, and they're mm-hmm. kind of like in a weird spot of the country in the States. So like, yeah, I feel like they're very easy. I feel like, the, and I just, they also have very nice jerseys. I feel like is another reason that people, uh, like, I think sometimes people picking, they're like, okay, if my team doesn't win, what other team will I pick? I feel like the Avalanche are a very like easy team to like be like, okay, yeah, I would root for them when my team is out. So, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people that are like um, strictly casual hockey fans will pick teams based off of that. Like, oh, yeah, I love their yeah. jerseys. Like, um, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, for 
I'm a big NBA fan as well. I'm a Warriors fan. And if I had to pick another team, I'm like, oh my God, I love the Sixers jersey. So I find myself like, okay. Well, we don't have to give the Sixers any any praise right now. I think uh, (laughs) as much to Isaiah as uh, chagrin. We don't have to talk about the 76ers. He's going to clip this off. I know he is. Yeah. And keep and store it for safekeeping. I know he is. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I think besides that though, you know, they have like, uh, like Landis Cog, um, a lot of people are kind of iffy about Nazem Kadri, but you know, I will always root for you know Middle Eastern representation in yeah. the NHL. That's super, you know, a, a primarily white league, yes. and I just uh, think that they could go all the way. And but the thing is, though, I feel like when people choose a team so heavily, they don't. And that's why I'm like, okay, is it the mm-hmm. Panthers year? They're being chosen second. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. The upset, yeah. Uh, I love Kadri, by the way. It was very sad when he was traded away from the Leafs, but glad he's been he's been very good uh, in Colorado. So, good dude. dude. Um, I don't I don't know what I don't know. Last one, one more. mm -hmm. Hmm. You're Um, doing good. I know. I'm doing better than I thought. Um, It feels like this could be. I mean, the Penguins have have broken up a little bit, but it feels like maybe there's some potential. Um, for the Penguins, although that would mean that you went mostly Eastern Division. I feel like there has to be one more story um, in the West. I don't know. Is it like you talked about? Like, is Calgary good? Maybe is it? Is it the Stars? Are you, are you, do you think the Stars can make a run? Is that your story? I don't know. It's not my story, but I will say that the last one is pretty broad. It's not. It's not necessarily about one um, mm. conference. Ooh, um, I I don't know that. I think you have to okay. Okay. I'll give up the last I mean, point. Yeah. To be fair, you kind of touched on it in like the the second one. I think it's mostly just about parody because mm. um, and I think we we pretty much talked a lot about it a lot about that in the last one as well when I said what's up with the Western Conference. Yeah. Because you know a lot of people would compare the NBA and the NBA is big on you know a super team. You know I've heard it yes. to death, obviously. Um, and they're always saying, you know, NHL is really good with parody. Um, but in the last three years, we're seeing, you know, the, the lightning kid three peat, you know, and we've, ha- we've seen this in league history, you know, the, uh, New York Islanders had their dynasty, obviously Montreal Canadians, while the worst team in the league right now are famously, uh, 24 Cubs. We got it, guys. Well, they, they were in the finals last year, right? Am I, am I remembering this correctly? Somehow, that's you know what that's a story in and of itself because I was just saying that this morning. How the heck do you go from the the cup final to the worst team in the league? That's that's that is that is big. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, Carrie Price has been hurt or whatever it is, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's not great. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. So just kind of like there's anybody has a shot. Is that the you think? Like you were saying, like yeah, you kind of think like the Panthers can make a run. I mean, those are the you know, and the Hamlets are like top seeds in their um, division. But yeah, it feels like anybody, anybody could win. Yeah, because anything can happen, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a five minute major like penalty call and, mm-hmm. you know, those four goals, or if it's just like, you know, someone goes down, someone gets hurt, unfortunately. And, and it's like a big impact player could be like Landis Cog could, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then HL and granted, that's the same thing for the NBA, but I feel like the teams that show up at the end of the season in the, in the postseason are typically the same beasts i guess but the nhl is like look at the western conference i get i get it that people are saying they're much weaker but 
who's to say the LA Kings who snuck in literally like four days ago can't beat, um, I believe they're playing Minnesota or is it Calgary? I'm not sure um, which, which of those, but Sorry, who? Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, the Kings are playing the Oilers. Yeah. Oh, the Oilers. Okay. 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 Yeah. I mixed it up in my brain. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Predators playing, uh the avalanche um yeah playoff hockey is so fun um this is i think the highest scoring season per game in 25 seasons so um uh, yeah it could be could be very fun um uh playoffs here uh, high scoring if that's what you think is fun i guess i should say uh, some people maybe like the the low scoring uh a game i mean <laughs> based on the two games uh that are on right now uh high scoring maybe is the pattern that we're going to see in, in the playoffs so yeah, yeah. That could definitely translate to the playoffs. That's for sure. I mean, we're seeing four goals in each of these games right now. The Hurricanes are outscoring the Bruins. Um, Right. Right. We We love love that. Uh, I do agree with that. By the way, that's what I mentioned at the beginning. Um, I'm not a big Bruins fan. Not loving their fans. Kind of similarly to the Leafs. To me, it's like Bruins fans are just kind of... um, how do I say this nicely? They're not very nice. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Um, while while I think Leafs fans are not necessarily mean or toxic, they're just kind of so. They're Self-absorbed. just so. Yes, yeah, they're in, so in obsessed with their team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so obsessed with their own team that they can't see the flaw in how they're acting or their team is acting. So I think that that's a huge difference between them. So, yeah. Um, Okay. Are you officially putting your, your winner pick on the Florida Panthers? You know, stamp it or do you, I mean, my see, I hate making predictions because I have this thing. I'm very superstitious for, you know, I haven't, my own team hasn't made the playoffs for three years. So I have, I've kind of translated that superstition onto the back of Joe Thornton or Patrick Marlowe. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I can't pick who I actually think okay. is going to win, but who I want to win. Yes. It's the Florida Panthers. Okay. Well, who I want to win and who I think will win is the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, uh, Both. We'll I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people, okay. uh, will be uh, continue to be annoyed with me that I'm so Toronto and specifically Canadian specific on this, but uh, yeah. And then if another Canadian team wants to win, I, I feel like that's always fun too. The the worst outcome. And I think I've said this on a podcast before the Maple Leafs cannot make the finals and lose. Livina, oh. Canada has a, uh, the, the, I think like a bunch of the top 10, a uh, bunch of the riots in the top 10 yeah. riots in Canada are all hockey related. Vancouver once made the, the uh, Stanley cup uh, finals and lost. And, and it was, uh, hey, did they win? Um, 2010. Nope. They lost to the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Bruins. We all hate the Ivory Canadians. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, there's so many riots that are associated with hockey. So I just think like, I don't want to be in the city of Toronto if Toronto makes the finals and loses. There's too much hope. So um, you're so right. I didn't even think yeah. of it that way, but yeah. it would be, or at least really- like get swept or something. Like it can't go to game seven. It would like the city, I think will like not do well. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah. pretty sure that that 2010, uh, the Stanley Cup final did go to a game seven. Yeah, I so, think so too. Yeah. 
Yeah. They were setting stuff on fire. They were setting cop cars on fire. People were running for their lives. It's they're like, oh, what happened, guys? Like some political unrest. Uh, No, just they lost the Stanley Cup. Yeah, 140 people were injured in that riot. Come on, Vancouver. Um, (laughs) All right, Lavina, very fun. You're not going to pick a winner pick. We'll just say who you really desperately want to win. Um, That's okay. Um, Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Thank you for having me. I love coming on here. And uh, what are you up to and where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at LPABS with two S's. Um, I'll be tweeting about hockey, you know, just, you know, doing my normal, insane hockey stuff on Twitter. Amazing. All right. Thanks for joining us, Lavina. Thank you. All right. That was my interview with Peter. That was the segment Game On with Lavina. Thanks so much for joining us this week. In two weeks time, I will be back and I'm very excited about what we have on tap for two weeks time. Of course, schedule always, uh, you know, permitted to change uh, scheduling uh, conflicts and things like that. But in two weeks time, I'm going to be joined by my friend Aiden, um, who lives in Ireland, and we're going to chat about a sport called hurling, a sport that I do not know very much about at all. I had not heard about it until I chatted with Aiden about the sport. So I'm excited to get a deep dive into the world of hurling. After that, uh, after my interview with Aiden and about hurling, how many times can I say hurling in a podcast? I'll be joined by the wonderful Mike Bloom to chat with Mike to try and find Mike an MLB team. We will look at some of the stories of this season uh, of the current MLB season, and we're going to try and find him a team. I promise you, I will not try to force the Toronto Blue Jays on Mike Bloom. Um, so, you know, but the Bloom Jays does have a good right to it as, as as I'm speaking. But we'll play a little quiz, almost like a BuzzFeed type quiz, and we'll try and figure out what team Mike Bloom should be a fan of. If you have pitches that you want to make, please feel free to send me a DM. I'm on Twitter at Hi from Grace, or you can send me an email, grace at postshowrecaps.com, and I would be happy to pitch them to Mike Bloom as we're playing. But we'll do a little quiz in our game on segment. We'll find a Mike Bloom and MLB team. Aiden will be chatting about hurling. If you enjoy listening to me, there are a lot of podcasts where you could keep listening to me. Uh, I do a lot of work over on post show recaps, currently covering, oh boy, Winning Time, the Lakers show on HBO. Covering, I just finished coverage of Russian Doll, which dropped all on Netflix, and all the podcasts are in your feed to listen to once you've watched that show. Heartstopper with Matt Scott, a fun little LGBTQ rom com, and a weekly coverage of Shining Girls has happened. Um, Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz and Melissa Woodward and I are chatting through the new Apple TV show, Shining Girls. And then I have weekly movie coverage with my friend, Ariel, uh, who's been on this podcast before, and uh, it's an absolute treat. So that's what I've got going on. If you're interested in any of that, uh, follow me on Twitter at High From Grace to check out when a new episode of any of those podcasts drops. Until next week, the podcast is over. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.